You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour, Mike Fuda. Stanley Cup winning executive, current Sportsnet NHL analyst. He'll tee up the Flames or help us tee up the Flames and Kings tonight down at the Dome. Our man J-Mac, Julian McKenzie, at the top of the next hour, covers the Flames for the Athletic. And we'll talk some stamps. That's your wheelhouse. Jay McNeil. Oh, yeah. 8.30. Mm-hmm. See what's uh, up with the team. That's around the corner. Summer's almost, like, it's almost, it's almost here. <laughs> Looking out the window. As he looks outside at the snow and the. It's getting there. Coats and the. It's getting there. And the toques. Golf season. Yeah. Chances that we're golfing in April. Give me a percentage. It's March 28th right now. I mean, hey, the golf show starts next week. I would love for some actual professionals who have a better idea of this to text in and tell me what a realistic timeline is because I'm just going to throw something out and it's going to be probably wrong. I'd say 25% that we play in April. <laughs> That's not the number I wanted to hear. I know. I wanted to hear at least 40 we can go see Launchpad. Okay. Fire them off there. Yeah, right. Do that with the heaters. Um, we got a poll question up too. At George Russick, at Matt Rose YYC, at Sportsnet 960. We're asking you with eight games to go in Calgary season, which number will be greater? Flames wins. Matt Coronado games played. Check out the poll question. Shoot us a text as well. 960, 960. Name and location. Um, Flames back at it. Uh, against the Kings, who absolutely just beat him up in that game in Los Angeles last week. At least it was a, it was an easy watch in this way. At least you knew the game was over in the first period. Like, you I, you and I spoon-fed ourselves like it was prison gruel. Like, oh, I got to watch the end of this. Oh, so terrible. Oh. But I need it for sustenance just to survive. Like, that's what we did watching that game. It's like, oh. Can I get another, please? Yeah. Like, that's what you and I did. Oh, this is so bad. I got to keep watching this. I've been watching oh, I've been watching a new series. I need it to live. <laughs> like, that's what you and I did? That's what you and I did watching that Kings game? It was just so terrible. But at least you get a chance at a redemption tonight at home. Great. At home. Mm-hmm. A place where you, you don't know what flames you're getting. No. Hey, flip a coin, roll the die. Flip the cards, shuffle the deck. Who knows? Sure. Spin the wheel. You okay. never know what's going to come or the up. the bottle. What? Uh, no, I'm excited to see what the Flames can do against the Kings today. Yep. Because, like, you you should not, like we mentioned during the morning report, you prepare for for a game like this differently mm-hmm. when you get absolutely embarrassed. That was the word that Michael Backlund used yesterday. We got embarrassed in L.A. Which I think is a good thing for tonight's game. Yeah, exactly. You want to have a little bit more fire. You want to say, hey, as much as we're in a playoff race, like, let's not get embarrassed by the Kings here. And it's not like this is the Boston Bruins and you play them once and they've been a wagon all year. This is a division rival who, frankly, you've had a little bit of a rivalry with for a while, especially if you're Michael Backlund and Drew Doughty, who have basically gone head-to-head for the better part of a decade as members of their different teams. So probably more than a decade at this point, frankly. But, yeah, it's it's one of those games that, you know, it's it's going to be a gut-check moment for the team, like they had recently. We'll see what they can do against a really good L.A. Kings team in a, a spot where the Flames recently haven't necessarily played their best hockey. How guilty are all of us in underestimating the LA Kings season this year? 
Well, I did believe that they were going to be a better team, given what we saw last year. Plus, they added Fiala. Yep. The biggest question for me was the goaltending with LA. And they trudged through some real questionable goaltending all season long. They the 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 next guy, Cal Peterson, got put on waivers. Yeah. And and how many teams do you see completely change their number one and number two and potentially still challenge for the division lead? Only teams that can shut down defensively and and maintain in their defensive zone the way that LA can. Like if you're a, a high scoring run and gun team like the Rangers or something along those lines. Like I think that a goaltender going into that situation would be way more difficult compared to going into something like LA where they do shot suppression. They keep shots to the outside. They do a good job protecting the front of their own net. Whereas like if you, if it was Jonas Corpusala going into New York, it's just Sturkin's used to facing 35 shots a night and a lot of them being high danger chances. His team also scores a lot of goals. So that mm-hmm. helps his case. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you're a goaltender who's, you know, Going into it's all situational to me when it comes to moving goaltenders around. But that that was the big thing with the LA Kings going into the year. How is their goaltending going to hold up? Is Jonathan Quick going to be able to maintain his health for a year? And not only that, his play because he had a good year last year. Is Cal Peterson going to take another step forward? Well, the answer to that was no. And the Kings obviously felt the answer to the Quick question was no. They go out and they get Corpusalo. They also get Gavrikov in the deal, which I think helps because there's a little bit more of a comfortable teammate that you have on the back end there. Something that you know that can make it maybe a little bit of an easier transition into the system. But that's been the biggest thing for me with LA. Now that they're actually getting some saves, this is a very good team. Uh, are we all kidding ourselves about the health of Chris Tanev right now? Because it's like all this distraction with the win over the Sharks and the Matt Coronado signing. It's like, it's been a great 48 hours to be a Flames fan, yet their most important blue liner didn't skate again yesterday. I think that it's definitely... It hasn't felt like it's been as impactful as the last couple of times that he's left the the lineup, you know? The way that the Flames have played without him, it hasn't been as jarring to just kind of watch them almost implode on themselves when Chris Tanev has gone out of the lineup earlier on in the season. These games have been better, per se, because he got hurt in that L.A. game, yeah, in that 8-2 loss. Yep. And frankly, like I, I think that, you know, I thought he might have been dealing with something before then just from watching the way he was playing and just knowing how Chris Tanev usually plays and uncharacteristic plays that you just went... I just don't know if he has the if he has the strength in certain joints to make those plays because I think he's working through something. Mm-hmm. So um, his loss is always huge, without a doubt. But this instance, more so than the previous ones this year, the Flames have kind of handled his loss a little bit better. And in that sense, it hasn't been as jarring. But then you get into a game like today where you're going up against a deep LA team. Like this might be the one where you're it kind of shines through. Yeah, and, and that's the game that you and I talked about that that was probably the worst we've seen Chris Tanham play all season, and now we know why. He was dealing with something. And, yeah, I don't think either of us were shocked either when he no. missed that next game. because no. Because that's exactly what we said. Mm-hmm. Like, after that LA game, we talked about the turnover the on the Doughty goal, and we both said... I don't know. Like, there's no, there's probably not something right there. We talked about his pain tolerance, all of that type of jazz. And sure enough, the guy's been fighting through something. And um, what it is, we may never know. 
Yeah. But uh, you got to think that it's something that's uh, pretty significant if that guy can't go. And especially... In, in a tight playoff race. That's what I mean. With yeah. eight games to go, he's not in the lineup. And again, still no... I don't know when he's coming back. When is the whispers? Is he close? Is he not close? I don't know. But again, tonight is an absolute... Again, and we're saying this, eight games to go. You got to win every game here. You're only four points back of a playoff spot, essentially four and a half because of that tiebreaker with the Jets. Another must-win down at the Dome against a really, really good LA Kings team. I just, and to me, it, to me that I know when the Flames are playing well, when their PK is super aggressive in creating chances in the other you know, team's end. And LA's got a really good power play. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, once the PK is firing for the Flames, it's going to be a good night for Calgary. And I think hopefully we see that tonight. Well, it builds momentum for them. Like, obviously, you which don't usually wanna... is the opposite. Usually, a good power play builds momentum. A hundred percent. And like, you don't want to be in the situation where you're getting shorthanded. And and frankly, this team, I don't love how they kind of have their bounce up shifts. Like the next shift after a kill, they have to kind of mix and match their lines the way their penalty kill units work. But this is a group that, especially with the Lindholm and Backlund pairing, are extremely stout defensively they're both just so smart in their own end they've got great use of their sticks as far as getting in passing lanes and not only getting in passing lanes but deflecting it making sure you know where your teammates are so that if you get possession of the puck but you don't have an opportunity to clear it yourself that you can look for an outlet so you can still get that secondary clear all these types of things and in a sense they can also create offense like I've talked about it before it felt like in the first half of the year the only time this team was allowing a penalty uh, a goal while they were killing a penalty was after they went on a two-on-two rush, tried to create a chance, maybe got a little bit overzealous, and the other team scored on a three-on-two coming the other way. So the kill has been something that this team has hung its hat on for a long time. Got to give some props to Ryan Huska, who does a lot of the the great work with not only the defense, but with that penalty kill. And it's been a reason that the Flames have kind of stuck around in a lot of these games. Can you imagine if the power play wasn't good? Then this team wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about one goal losses. They'd probably be in a similar situation, but we wouldn't be talking about one goal losses. Yeah. Um, poll questions up to um, at George Russ again, Matt Rose, YYC at Sportsnet 960 with eight games to go in Calgary season. Which number will be greater? Flames wins, Coronado games played. I'm surprised right now. Um, 71.9% of our listeners say Flames wins. That's optimistic. And we also got a, a, a tweet um, from Average Fan 2. Uh, Flames three, Coronado two. Ooh, woof. That means no playoff hockey here. Woof. Yeah. And, and great. You can see Matt Coronado play for Team USA at the World Championships. Great. That'd be neat. No. I guess. No. Uh, Not ideal. Uh, how often do you watch the World Championships during the playoffs? I Well, if it's on during the day <laughs> and, you, and you see the Skoda automobile in yeah. the corner, right? Yeah, and you're like, yeah, sure. But the wanna, atmosphere at those games are electric. Mon- oh, yeah, sure. Listen, the World Championships are to Europe what the World Juniors are to us in North America. Yeah, that's very fair. That's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah, we care yeah. about the juniors, yet we don't care about the World Championships in Europe. I don't really care about the juniors, but they love them some World Championships. Mm-hmm. And I like how they have to play like 100 games now because the tournament is really... Because uh, what's get his that name? field in. Uh, what's Buddy's name in IHF? The, the president. Oh. Uh, um, Rene Fassel. Yeah, that dude loves money, so he's gotta he's gotta extend those games. Does, does yeah. he love money? L- yeah, let's let's does have he? let's have Canada play Italy, Austria. It's Luke Tardif now. Oh sorry, Luke yeah, Tardif. Like, uh-huh. Sorry. Um my my bad. Um let's uh <laughs> should have known who the president of the double I right? 
An idiot. <laughs> um, I love when Canada plays like Great Britain, Austria, and Italy. And you're yeah. like, why? What are we doing here? Like, why are we playing these teams? Do, do we have to? Kazakhstan's yeah. the most this? hilarious team at the tournament yeah, this year. And all, their, and all those rosters are filled with Canadian dudes who have some sort of roots yep. to those countries. <laughs> the, uh... Yeah. Oh, my great grandfather was a soldier for uh, you know, and for for England years ago. He was he was in the yeah. Royal Army, and he, I'm playing for England now. I'm playing the, for Great uh, Britain. Randy Rosarena rules, yeah, type of thing. Yep. Um, no, sure you don't enough. want Matt Coronado playing for Team USA at the World Championships because you want him to play playoff games potentially for the Calgary Flames. Mike Fuda in about 14 minutes. Talk about the King side of things. Get his thoughts on the Coronado deal. And um, his and, and Calgary's chances here because I, again we keep hammering home this point. As long as they stay within touching distance of the Jets, that game in Winnipeg is going to be season for the Calgary Flames. I also want to have a little bit of fun here. Sure, for the next I love fun. We love minutes, fun uh, before we get to Mike Fuda. Um, saw this story um, and I thought uh, it was super fun and super interesting. So uh, over the weekend, um, we we've all been. I think the majority of us have been pulled over by the police for speeding or some sort of traffic violation in our lives. Have you been like, I know you've been smoked by a car. <laughs> have you been pulled over by a car? Uh, I was oh, pulled by over a car, by a cop almost a year to the day, actually on my birthday last year. Oh yeah. For speeding or blowing yes, for a red light? No, oh. for speeding. Did you get a ticket? I did get a ticket. Oh, okay. I think I still have to pay that ticket. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> That thing is just incurring um, interest every might day. Might have paid it. I don't know. Oh, Who knows? We'll yeah. See. Usually we'll you get your license suspended if you don't pay for those things. Well, I should go check on that. You way. should probably Anyways, check on that. Anyways, what do you think? Okay. So, uh, you, uh, Patrick, have you been pulled over by the 5-0? Mm-hmm. The police? Yep. Okay. I think that's something we've all been... That's all happened to us at one point of our lives. It's very nerve-wracking. Obviously, you're like, oh, no. You see the lights in the rearview mirror. You're like, okay, here we go. Whoop, whoop. Potentially, this is going to cost me some money. So, over the weekend... In the United States, a Minnesota state deputy did a traffic stop on a man who was speeding. The driver, as as customer, handed over his his license, his insurance, and also handed him a get out of jail free card from the game Monopoly. That'd be yes, dude. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he's like, hey, <laughs> I'm using this right here. Shoot your shot, bro. I need it. <laughs> Like I can't, Yo, I can't go to the clink. I was playing with Grandma yesterday. Yep, I landed on chance. Yep. and I just want to see if this will work. Yeah, uh, the deputy uh, joked and and tweeted out uh, on on Instagram, posted it. Uh, great points uh, for effort, but the guy handed him a, je- a get it a jail free card. Didn't really work. So uh, wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to hear some of your excuses when you've been pulled over for speeding. Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. So I have a I have a quick story I can share with you, and this makes me sound like a bit of a douche, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so um, I was uh, I did a broadcast at the Canadian Open years ago. So did the RBC Canadian tournament. Open at Glen Abbey. Yeah, uh, we were on location. I filled in on the morning show. Um, did the show. So driving home, or this is when I actually did the morning show. Uh, whatever. So I'm driving home from doing the RBC Canadian Open, and uh, I was uh, calling the lady friend. Right. Um, and uh, not hands free, not hands free. So all of a sudden I uh, somebody's beside me in an all black SUV. Uh-oh. It wasn't the Secret Service. It wasn't the Illuminati. <laughs> it was an OPP, oh. Ontario Provincial Police. And they and they're the ones who pinch you for speeding. So all of a sudden he whips behind me, flips on his lights. I'm like, I'm busted for using a phone. And this is just 
after they busted out all the rules that, hey, it's Distracted $300, driving. Yeah, sure. it's a three-point fine, whatever, right? So uh, he pulls me over. He's like, hey, I, I go, I know, I know, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have grabbed my phone, blah, blah, blah. I made up some excuse that it was an important call or whatever. He's like, no problem. He goes, just give me your license and uh, insurance. And for some reason, I don't know why I had so many papers in my glove box. It took me forever to find my insurance. Handed over my license to him, right? And uh, he's like, yeah, 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 no problem. Give me your insurance. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. You know what he says to me? He goes, don't worry about it, George. I thought it was a good show today. <laughs> Stop using your phone. I'm going to let you go this time. Oh. I love the show. Oh, And I'm like, are you kidding me? Out of all the chances, the three people who listened to that broadcast, <laughs> one of those guys was the guy who pulled me over. So mm. ever since then, I've been very cognizant of not using my phone at all while driving because I remember the time where the OPP dude let me come, uh, let me um, get off my speeding ticket or my using a cell phone ticket because he was a listener to the show. Live radio at its finest, yeah. literally live radio. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if that fits there, Alex. It kind of does. I it's do, a little bit of a stretch. Eh. I, I do like your effort, but does it really fit in, in that instance? But yeah, so uh, he let me go with the um, with the old cell phone thing. And uh, I, I appreciate that officer's name. I have no idea who his name was. But so he's you like, didn't hey. even bother to remember his name. No, but he, he's like, He hey. listens to the show. Yeah. He lets you off. And you I, can't even go through the problem, I through did, the effort of remembering his stop. name. But I don't, stop. I don't remember his name, but I did give him a shout out on the radio the Monday after. You just said, hey, generic cop who yeah. pulled me over. Hey. I don't remember your name. Yeah. Hey, but hey, appreciate the big up. Hey, Thanks for the favor, Constable Officer. I don't know what his yeah, name was. Constable Officer. I gave him. I gave him a, a shout out on Monday. So uh, your best excuse um, you gave to a police officer um, when you get pinched for speeding, because uh, Jack Nicholson has uh, the great quote I love: "There's two people in your lives you should lie to: uh, your wife slash girlfriend and the police." So uh, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. And again, this isn't. That. Adnan got pulled over on the morning show a few years back. Well, he was doing a hit. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah. yeah. Was he? Because he was at the Leadfoot. Yeah. Okay. And a little. Did you have any? Mm-hmm. Like, what was your excuse when you got pinched last year? Did you give one, or you're like, no, you got me. I didn't really have one. You know, we were dry because we were about to leave for our flight to Vegas. Oh. Um, so I uh, and we were driving to drop our dog off at a friend's place, and yeah, that was a tough one. I didn't. I didn't even try and I, I. There was nothing I could do at that point. You know, you're driving around on your birthday, so all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to do a breathalyzer test. Like I would have passed it anyways. Like I give him the breathalyzer. I don't do any of that dumb stuff. Yeah, but it was like oh, I don't want him to think that, and this be a whole big thing. And it was already late at night, and and we wanted to get out ready for the flight and go to Vegas, and didn't want to spend any more money because I knew Vegas was going to take all my money. So I just said, you know what. This is fine. I'm just going to take this one and wear it on the chin. Oh, man. Uh, some of these are good already. Uh, 96960, name and location. Uh, keep them rolling in. Um, the the excuse you've given to a police officer if you've been pulled over for speeding. Uh, 96960, name and location. we got a birthday one I want to get to, um, which is pretty good. Uh, keep them rolling in. Texty McTexterson. We'll read them throughout the program, 960-960. Again, our poll question is up to at George Russick at Matt Rose YYC at Sportsnet 960. With eight games to go in Calgary season, which number will be greater? Wins by the Flames, games for Matt Coronado. Mike Fuda, Julian McKenzie, Jay McNeil. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. 
Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. Our man, Jay Mack, Julian McKenzie, covers the Flames for the Athletic. Got a poll question up, too, at George Russick and Matt Rose YYC at Sportsnet 960. Calgary has eight games to go in their season. Which number will be greater? Flames wins, Matt Coronado games played. Wayne on the text line, 960-960. We'll get to those to wrap up the show. And I also gave you a story just now about a uh, Minnesota police officer pulled over a dude over the weekend. Guy handed him his, his license, his insurance, and a get-out-of-jail-free card for Monopoly. Didn't really work, so that's why we're asking you at 960-960. Uh, give us the uh, best, worst excuse you've ever given to a police officer after being pulled over for speeding. Some of these are really good and disturbing at the same time. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And I feel sorry for our law enforcement people who have to deal with some of this nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you're in law enforcement, we'd point. love to hear from you too. 960, 960. Some of the worst excuses you've heard while pulling somebody over for speeding. In fact, we'd love to put you on the air if you'd call us too. We'll do that later on in the program. But first, he is a Stanley Cup winning executive current Sportsnet analyst. We say good morning. To Mike Fuda on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. Uh, Mike, do you have a do you have a lead foot? Get, get you... it, get it. I was just listening to that, going, "Wow, that's crazy." Yeah, get no, I've been pulled over a couple times, but well, my best one I ever used was uh, I was driving Bobby Ryan to Owen Sound <laughs> for his first trip to Owen Sound, and I pled with the guy that I was driving the new franchise hockey player in the history of the. Oh, and sound attack, and he went, oh, okay. <laughs> and that was it? Did he let you go? I actually, I, I, yeah, he did. Yes. I actually okay. did have Bobby Ryan in the car, too, so I wasn't lying to him. That's all okay. I could come up with. You're like, you see this guy sitting beside me? We got to get him to Owen Sound as quickly as possible. Yeah, I got to get him. I yeah. got to get him. Before the London Knights scoop him up. Yeah, I got to get him. Um, I, I have to now, now because we're down this rabbit hole, and I want to talk a lot with you. Um, Just explain to us. How insane the traffic is in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it, it can't even. I mean, well, first of all, you've got the. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like I ever asked how far, how far away our affiliate team was in Ontario rain. And realistically, it's supposed to be 40 minutes. But really, it's a short flight. It's <laughs> a, it, You get into traffic and there's no way to beat it. It's two hours at, at best. And. And you have to have the patience to get through it. I mean, you've got your your fast lane there where you can use your your pass, which really helps. Fortunately for me, I mean, we're we're kind of spoiled, or we were spoiled. Uh, we're we're all based in Manhattan, Hermosa Beach, and that's where our practice facility is. So the only time, unless you unless you inherently want to wander off into that abyss <laughs> that is the traffic <laughs> world, you just uh, you, you you can kind of get the fast lane down to the. I guess it's a crypto center now. You see the stable mm-hmm. center, but. That you could kind of kill in about a half an hour, but it's just it's once you're in it, you can't get out of it. And and the people that just blows me away, the motorcycles that go just whistling through the middle of stuff like that. And you know that doesn't end well certain times when they go wheeling through. It's just uh, it's all for it's everybody. It's the same thing going to Anaheim. It's like you're like you're either it should be 45 minutes, but it's, you got to give yourself two and a half hours. So 
And then, of course, you'd leave early and you get end up getting there four hours early for something you're supposed to be there for. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> at least it's you, you know what you're getting into. So you just be patient with it, and hopefully you've got something solid to listen to on the radio. And it's usually nice weather, so you can. You're, it's not like you're slipping and sliding anywhere, but it's still it mm-hmm. is quite the quite the unique situation. It's 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 you have to be a part of it and sit in the middle of it. The only place I've ever experienced worse is in, in Russia, in Moscow. Really? And that, that's an old, you can't even forget about it. You, you walk and you, everybody uses the public, any ball must want to. Usually it helps if you have security with you, but it, you have to uh, get down to the public uh, subway system. You can't even move. Like, it's it's not, it's it's worse than I've ever experienced in L.A. and less friendly. <laughs> um, what, what, what was the difference in cars in Moscow compared to Los Angeles, Mike? I uh, just, for me, it was always either a cab or you're in the back of like a rental, like a limo. Like I would not even think of renting a car there. Uh, just it's ridiculous. It's, and every car looks like it's been in a do they call a day myself happy days. It looks like it's been in the Malachi Crunch. Uh, like it's there's not a car that doesn't have a huge other than probably Putin's car. You wouldn't want to run into that one, but no, everything else, everything else is just got dents everywhere. It's just yeah. the natural, just these people just hammer each other. So yeah, it's, it's unbelievable how, uh, how tight they drive and they just ride the, the bumper of everybody in Europe. That's just the way they drive and mm-hmm. they all drive stick and they drive insane. Um, yeah, well definitely stick. That's for sure. Oh yeah. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's for just, sure. Um, Mike wanted to ask you to, um, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, the Los Angeles Kings would be fighting for the Pacific Division and basically completely overhauled their goaltending, you would have said what? <laughs> I would have probably given you a get-out-of-jail-free card or something. <laughs> I, I honestly just don't. I was looking at it, though. Uh, the amount of teams that have overhauled what they thought their goaltending was supposed to be is not just the LA Kings, but I mean, I guess you start your year off thinking, based on the way quick he performed against Edmonton and Cal Peterson coming, that those were your two guys moving forward and, uh, and good on Los Angeles Kings to have, you know, made the moves they have and have two guys that I'm sure they didn't expect. I mean, I'm usually Billy Ramford's a part of those decisions as well when they bring somebody in and he's kind of been masterful with the reclamation projects he's done, but Phoenix Copley to come in and I mean, you kind of wait for him to fall off and, I mean, I don't know what his, his numbers are ridiculous now, how many wins he has. And then, of course, they bring in, I'm sure, Christian Rutu, who always liked Corpusalo, had a lot to do with, uh, you know, giving Rob Blake the comfort to make a move like that. Obviously, moving out the legend, Jonathan Quick, it would, I mean, nobody really liked the, the way it came down, but as far as the trade itself, has been outstanding. So, not only have they, uh, you know, kind of infiltrated their lineup with a lot of great draft picks and great young players, but uh, they've breathed a little life back into Kopi and Drew, and now they've got a one-two combination that's probably left them with, <laughs> probably they never thought they were going to have a decision to make coming into the playoffs, and I'm sure Copley will get the get game one, but it's been amazing how consistent they've been, and good on Todd McClellan as well. How surprised were you with the trade of Jonathan Quick? It's one of those ones you just don't even you don't even consciously think of. You mm-hmm. just think someone's going to retire. Uh, and I mean, I followed it obviously because uh, prior to, because you're kind of waiting, I'm always just waiting for Quickie to bounce out of it. Right. And, yeah. uh, 
and he seemed to just continue to struggle. Um, and, and in his case, he's such a competitor. I just imagined it would just be driving him crazy, especially. And he, he's all about the team. I'm sure he had bought into it, but the, the fact that the team would just kind of be on a run and then he'd go in and struggle and the cop would go back in and they get on another run and then quick he'd go in and struggle. So once again, I mean, nobody happier. I sent your own kick line and a, a nice note when he flipped him back to Vegas because yeah. You most certainly don't want to see somebody of that legendary status who's a you know first ball hall of famer. He's he's going to pass, you know, for the top American goaltender two Stanley Cups. I mean, obviously he's responsible for my two Stanley Cups. So you never want to see someone's uh, career end, you know, in a struggle. Or I mean, I, I I had nightmares of him coming back as a Columbus Blue Jacket and them doing a tribute video, uh, you know playing on the 31st place team chasing Connor Bedard and uh, fortunately you know Yarmo was able to flip him to a team and he seems to have I wouldn't want I mean my my selfish must see TV is him going in to play Los Angeles in the first round uh, whether that works its way out whether it's first round or second round or whether it happens at all but it certainly would be quite an intriguing series uh, be a lot of Los Angeles Kings fans you know kind of wondering how the hell do we boo this guy uh <laughs> And it, it'd be, I think I think it's going to happen just for the hockey gods. Just it's just something yeah. that should happen. But uh, I, I just it's amazing how consistent the teams have played, and, and they throw four lines at you. And again, I think the Gabrikov has been a nice, a really nice ad. They've been trying to add a left shot D and kind of bump Edler down a little bit. And uh, everything about the way they play is uh, they're just really hard to play against. Very very rarely do they get outworked. Um, and players that they picked up via trade there hasn't really one that hasn't really fit like Fiala's been a really great find um, and just even even the players that they've added it's just been, it's been a good mix so it'll be funny because I know they've been dying to get back in the playoffs and have success and last year they got in the playoffs but I mean Drew wasn't there and I think there was yeah. another big player missing too I can't remember who it was but uh, it'll be exciting for the city I mean they, like once again it's, it's it always seems that when um a couple of the other big franchises are down in dumps. The Kings kind of come crashing through the curtains the way we did before. Like at the time, the Dodgers and the Lakers, and yeah. not so much the Dodgers. They're always good. The Clippers, they were kind of down in the dumps, and we kind of picked up the city with a nice winning run, and it seems like the Kings are prepared to do that again. So good on them. Uh, hopefully, at least tonight it's 9 o'clock. I got all excited. I stayed up till 10.30 to watch the last Kings-Flames match in over three <laughs> hours. I couldn't get back, so... <laughs> Hopefully tonight it's only nine o'clock. So uh, hopefully I'm sure that uh, Daryl will have them a little bit more prepared than uh, well, not that they weren't prepared, but at least more competitive than they were when they were in Los Angeles last time around. Certainly, uh, I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if this necessarily applies because you know Jonathan Quick was there for your entire tenure with the LA Kings, except like I guess just a few games in your first year there, as he was just getting into the league. But how would you maybe look at a contending team who felt that they needed maybe some help in goal and going out and getting someone at the trade deadline? Like, I just wonder about a goaltender joining a new group and if that is kind of the hardest position to be airdropped into a new spot and, and told, hey, we got a lot of responsibility on your shoulders now. Well, I guess it depends what point of their career is. And I have to, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, the last time it's happened and been successful be interesting. I mean, First of all, there aren't too many teams that are trading a guy that's really good at any point. If you, especially if it's a young one that you're counting on for your future, you're not going to move them. And I guess you're probably thinking about who's been available at 
at that stage of their career that really has gone in and been the guy, so to speak, for some time. I mean, obviously, it's the most critical position. I mean, uh, and and I think you want ideally you want to have somebody that's had playoff success. So I mean, other than just there's that huge thought like where's the drop off like because it's such a wearing tearing position and if you see Jonathan Quick I mean he's built like a, like his his lower half is just his core is just ridiculously strong so you're always wondering is there an injury you know that might happen or is he, is he breaking down because of all the wear and tear and all the success he's had but I mean he pretty much checks all the boxes if you're going to do it um, and very minimal risk on the price they had to give up actually there's there's the perfect fit, and now you you look at just think at the time uh, at the time I'm sure I mean I sent a note to Kelly too when it was coming down that there he's there for you man this guy's got he's got something left give him and he was like well I've already had Johnny Stevens and Alec Martinez bring it down my door so uh, I'm pretty comfortable we're going to get this done but I mean you think about where you would be if you didn't make that deal right like because. Correct me if I'm not. I think Logan Thompson left the net again shortly after. So at least you've yeah. on a team that's expect it's expected to have a playoff run. Um, the, the next option is kind of frightening. No, no offense to Lawrence or Bressois or whoever else they're firing in there. I think Jonathan Quick still has that. Justin Williams used to say that there's you know there's that fear in the other dressing room that this guy could take us out hmm. uh, on his own, right? And I mean it's kind of the way. You start to see teams like mentally, Vasilevsky has that ability, like you know, it's like he can win a series on his own kind of thing. And then you started to see it last year, like the Ottinger factor, right? You're like, are we going? Is this guy going to really take, beat us on his own, like kind of thing? I mean, obviously the team is involved, but mm-hmm. once you have that reputation as a goaltender, it's tough to shake. And uh, you know, unfortunately this year there's been a couple of really incredible goaltenders that have kind of lost a little bit, a little bit of their mojo that way. And uh, they've got to get it back if their teams want to have any kind of success on the playoffs. So it's like, it's it's such an incredible feeling, and we, you forget how spoiled you were. It was it was more trying to figure out who the hell we're gonna have as a backup because yeah. Daryl Daryl would have played Jonathan. He say we'd go in and he'd give us that straight look in his face, and he'd go, "How many games are you gonna play Jonathan this year? Eighty-two. <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh, okay." You know, and it's like, and he wasn't. So I mean, you're like you're looking at Martin Jones going, uh, "What do you think about that?" <laughs> you know? Are you good? Do you know? Do you have? You have to come eat a DVR. You can watch the bench for two games. We couldn't. We couldn't keep Jones. Here, we couldn't keep Jonesy around because we couldn't promise him a certain amount of games. So we ended up moving him. I think he went to Boston, then ended up in San Jose, and came back and bit us in the ass. But uh, even Jonathan Bernier, there's a comfort level when you've got a number one like that that you can ride him. And obviously, Jonathan didn't play 82, but I mean, he probably played. You know. 95% of them were outstanding starts, and it's an incredible feeling when you put somebody out and you're actually shocked when someone scores on them, especially in the playoffs. And that's what Jonathan Quick, that was the presence he had when he was Los Angeles King in his prime. And uh, I certainly would love to see him go on another run here uh, as a Vegas Golden Knight. Uh, NHL on Sportsnet analyst and former NHL executive Mike Fuda joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show. Russing and Rose, 960 The Fan. Uh, Mike, we talked about this before he jumped on. Uh, Chris Tanev dealing with some sort of ailment. He hasn't played in a few games here. Can the Flames squeeze into the playoffs without Chris Tanev in the lineup? 
it's going to be different. He's such a warrior. Like he's he's exactly what you need in a situation like this. Is and, there a guy again, that more personifies Daryl Sutter hockey than Chris Tanev? Jonathan Quick, um, <laughs> Matt Green. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. I, you know what? I could go over about yeah. 15 guys that have Stanley Cup rings. But honestly, in the curtain, as far as you can just tell, he's an he's an absolute warrior. I would think Mark Giordano was close to that as well. Mm. Um, in a fact that. The problem is they play. They just you can. There's certain guys. I mean, Christian Roos too. I love Roots, but he used to say how he he's talked about the the art of avoiding puck hitting you, making it look like you're about to block a shot, but you have no intention of ever having it hit you. And he says it's an art that he'd worked on, <laughs> and he thought he was getting away with it. But then once I guess his coach in Buffalo pointed out that I know you don't want to get hit by the puck. Can have just eats everything and. And when you play that way, um, you just know something's bound to. And I mean, that was like I was couldn't believe that the Vancouver Canucks could ever let this guy get away, knowing that this is the perfect partner for Hughes growing up, right? In his maturation process, and they're like, "Well, he's hurt all the time, right?" And part of that is because you're an absolute warrior, and you don't take a shift off, and you literally get hit with every puck, and and you're involved in every physical confrontation possible. So uh, long, short answer is much more difficult. I've really struggled this year. I mean, I picked the Flames to be battling for the Pacific Championship, uh, the, the division title, right? So I clearly am have probably the same, some of the same frustrations that, that everybody else that's watched them this year's have with regards to their, you know, lack of consistency. Um, you know, like you, you start to see what they can be. Uh, how hard for it is them to score goals? You, I mean, obviously they've lost they lost a couple of absolute proven goal scorers, but you'd think there would be certain guys that would have stepped up and scored a little bit more often. And the chemistry, everything just seems out of whack. But you, I still keep looking at it and saying, why can't they? I mean, it's only four points. You know, if Marky gets back to you know he's shown flashes of being himself in the consistent game that he can bring. You know, to always having a career year. Winnipeg is. I just look at who's ahead of them, and I say they should be able to. Be, they should be able to catch that team. Now, of course, you got to do it on the ice. And every time that I've started to feel comfortable with the product, you kind of not quite. Sure. I know they say we're playing it one at a time, but you're not quite. You're not quite as excited about the product to get the, the next night coming out. So it's you can say it's next game up, but you got to bring that consistent effort. And you really have to believe in one another, and it sometimes it looks like. If you're competing, it's such a tough league to win in. And if you're competing internally, and sometimes if you're struggling with your with your own group, it's really hard to compete against the other team. So, Mike, it's it's that time of year where NCAA players' seasons are coming to an end. They're signing Matt Coronado, the the big story here in Calgary of late. Uh, in, in your experience, what it's kind of been. Uh, I, I, well, I guess we'll start with Coronado, and you know Daryl Sutter in the way that he likes to coach. What are you expecting for the next eight games and perhaps the postseason for Matt Coronado and the Calgary Flames? Well, <laughs> I, I, first of all, I've seen like uh, when I Matthew Nyes, I've seen a lot of, um, mm-hmm. so I can tell you that I, like physically, he's an older player, uh, more mature, and the Leafs are also whatever twenty games into a playoff spot, so. I can see a kid like that once they lose, getting some time. I could see this kid. Um, it'll be tough on him. I mean, I, I, I 
would assume he better have a really nice wardrobe. <laughs> uh, Daryl, this is great now. Daryl's concentrating on getting this team into the playoffs, and you saw what it was like trying to get Talche into the lineup. And uh, Phillips, and I would think, unless this kid comes in, and uh, I mean, I would assume there's some kind of agreement that he's going to play some games. I would assume, unless he has, I think he just arrived today. I don't think I, yeah. I feel that gives him that gives him tonight as a mulligan. So he does like tonight. He doesn't play because he just arrived. Um, who knows? I mean, he, the kid's going to have to obviously win over a coach through his practice habits and his, and uh, and at some point, if it's not working with the current group, I could see Daryl saying, hey, it's not working with the current group. What, what do I have to lose by throwing this kid into the games? Uh, but I, it's something, again, I just know, it, again, it's almost a, it's almost like a, a caricature, or, or, or this is like with the way the season's gone, uh, with regards to you know, kind of, it seems that there's been a certain players come up that you think are going to get in, and then they don't get in, and then they get in, and they're you know, they're lauded for how well they're doing, and and whether they're not ready or not, I mean, Daryl's going to make that decision based on what he thinks the best lineup is to get this team in the playoffs, and he's not he's not really worried about personal feelings he's worried about winning hockey games and that's what he's paid to do is come up with the lineup uh in the past that's happened with us with the kings where we've certain you know when you're trying to you know either showcase somebody or get somebody some ice i remember the battle that i had with daryl about tyler Toffoli and him not thinking when they sent the Toffoli down the first time and and i think sometimes he's asking the questions to challenge to see if you'll take your foot off the left pedal and i just told him that he was going to love Tyler Foley. And if you stick with him and give him a couple more games, you'll see exactly what I've seen since he was 18 years old. And the kid's now ready that he's ready for that jump. And he, he put him in um, begrudgingly uh, initially. And by a couple <laughs> weeks later, he was playing with uh, on the right side with Tanner Pearson and Jeff Carter. And they were the seventies line and they were, you know, and he rode them all the way to a Stanley cup championship. So, I think it's uh, it's not that there's an act there's there's stubbornness to it, but there's also a he wants to win today, right? And if he doesn't think that player is going to help the team win today, the player is not going to dress. So uh, it's 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 a, it's a slippery slope because I know what it's like when you. I, I assume that's what the question marks were with a kid like that who has all these options due to the CBA and he's been there, been there fine options. I mean, you see other kids, it's, it's not like this kid's, I mean, I, I'm assuming too after the autumn, is it Adam Fox? Was he the other one that was there? Was it? Yeah. Who was it? Yeah. Fox once was you, at Harvard. They had yeah. signed him. They drafted him in the second round yeah. and then, yeah. 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 Once you've been torched by that rule once, you want to make sure that, and it's part of the risk when you draft a college player that high, that you basically that not only have you drafted him, but now that's when the recruiting process starts because they do have that option of going elsewhere, and that's one of the one of the you know dangers of of drafting an elite college player that high is that now it becomes a recruiting process to make sure that through development camps and constant trips down to you know make sure everything's warm and fuzzy, and if that kid has questions whether you know your current coach plays young kids. Uh, that's going to be something you really have to convince them of. And I'm sure at some point everybody's on the same page that this kid's got to, he's got to get some games before the season's done. And it's, it's one of those situations where you've got, 
you hope that he can get in there and be helpful at some point because I would be absolutely shocked if he didn't get games before before the season's done. It's just it's one of those things that goes with your recruitment promise, and if you don't live up to that promise, your relationship frayed right from the beginning. Stanley Cup champion, NHL on Sportsnet analyst Mike Fuda. Mike, always terrific stuff. Thanks for this. Enjoy the game tonight. Pleasure. Enjoy as well, and I, I look forward to uh, getting updated on your uh, police stories. Yeah, uh, keep. Get, we're going to do that next hour. Uh, keep keep them. Keep listening, Mike. Uh, we're we're going to do it. There's a lot okay. of good ones here, and a lot of weird people out there with no. excuses. Where could you grab the podcast, George? <laughs> yeah, uh, the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Sure. Um, Mike, thanks awesome. for this. Talk soon. <laughs> Have a great day. There he goes, Mike Feud on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. Keep those texts no rolling off. in. Yeah, keep those texts rolling Can't in. Take nine, that six, shift off. Yeah, I know. Just I let that one slide. <laughs> Like, if Alex Brody would have said that, we would have spent the next hour playing that clip. <laughs> I was literally thinking that. Like, when it happened, Okay, was it, wasn't, like, it wasn't just you. If one of us would have said something like that, we would have been playing that clip for oh, the next for sure. hour. For sure. Just over on, like, on loop. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, wow, we get the rest of the morning off. We yeah. got a clip to play for the next hour. I gave you uh, I gave you the story of a uh, Minnesota deputy who pulled over somebody for speeding on the weekend. Uh, they handed him a get out of a jail free card. Now is that uh, is that license. community chest or chance? Uh, you both, both. You really? Get. You yeah, there's one in both okay. stacks. Okay. Uh, it was the uh, chance one he handed them, okay. not the community. I like chest. that you know that. That's important I saw the information. Picture. Yeah. Um, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Some of these are great. Keep them rolling in. Yes. Uh, your best excuse you've given a police officer. Uh, when you've been pulled over speeding, or if you're a law enforcement person, we'd love to hear from you. Some of the worst excuses you've heard, 960, 960, name and location. We'll squeeze some of those in. We'll talk to Julian McKenzie. We'll talk to Jay McNeil. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.